Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. Today on the Ether, NFT month, Twitter space number two, exploring the Polkadot NFT ecosystem, hosted by Astar. Let's take a listen. GM, GN, welcome everybody to this Astar Twitter space for the NFT month number two. Today we have a wonderful guest, C Saint, the Kusamarian. KBL from the mighty, the royal Kusama Kingdom. We have our host now. Thank you now for being here as well. And speaking to you now is Rams. Just another another newbie in the space. Thanks again, everybody, for being here. And we'll get started shortly. Yes. Uh, also for me, warm welcome. We're just getting all the speakers up on stage and then we will kick it off. And also you forget. You forgot to mention oh. uh, Ricky from Paris, but okay. No yes, hard feelings. No hard feelings. My bad. Right. For now. <laughs> How dare you? I'll shut up now. <laughs> Hello. You guys can hear me? Yes, yes we perfectly. can. Isn't it some crazy time for you? Um, yeah, it's 1 a.m. Yeah. Oh. Ah, uh, well, it's technically GM then, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> GM here. Hey, guys, I think it's, I think my thing's working now, if you can hear me. Yes, we can. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Twitter's always rugging somebody. I don't know. Like Russian roulette. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so we have all these updates to Twitter, like, come on, work on spaces. That's why like, everybody hangs out, you know? No, we all got to migrate to Discord. I think this is what they're trying to push us. Um, so we can all use the funny sound effects, which we have found out <laughs> today. <laughs> That's a lot you can do. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, shall we get started, Rams? What do you think? Let's, let's jump right into it. Let's do it. Yeah. So, I mean, welcome everybody to this Twitter space hosted by Asta as part of our NFT months where we're focused on highlighting NFTs and all the things happening around NFTs in the Polkadot ecosystem and beyond because obviously we are multi-chain and there's a lot of things we can learn and see in other ecosystems. Um, but this time we are actually focusing on what's happening in the Polkadot ecosystem and we have a lot of amazing guests who can share some insights into what's happening, the things they are seeing, the things they are excited about, of course. And yeah, then we also have Ricky here from Paris who can maybe share some insights on going multi-chain as a marketplace. And yeah, so just for everybody, so you know, the space is obviously recorded, but if you want to request uh, or ask any questions, you can feel free to drop them below the 
tweet that announces the space, or you can just request to speak and we will get you up. Just kindly ask you to initially keep yourself muted so that we take your question when it makes sense. And yeah, with that being said, let's kick it off with a round of introductions. Um, I'm Naomi, I am working for Asta Marketing and Community since April, and I'm also responsible to be moderating these great spaces, and I'm very happy to be here. And I'm here with Rams. Want to say a few words for those that don't know you yet? Yeah, so Rams here, part of the community growth team and BizDev. And for those that um, have known me, I've been around the space for a little bit, um, and just really happy to be part of this NFT space with a couple of OGs that we have known each other for a while. Yes, for sure. And then let's just move it on with a round of introductions. See, Saint, want to say a few words about yourself and maybe tell us where your PFP is from? Well, unfortunately, actually, that question doesn't make sense for you, but you can still tell us about yourself and maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I know I've changed the PFP a couple of times lately, but, uh, you know, um, I, I'm yeah, a... <laughs> that was... Yeah, that's right. It. There was, there was, but, I, you know, I, I'm a content creator for the Kusamarian here. We like to do, um, you know, Polkadot, Kusama, substrate-based news. Um, and, you know, my face has finally been doxxed over the last couple of months. That's kind of why I was like, all right, let's just go ahead and make it the Twitter PFP. But... Um, previously, I also had Kusama Kingdom, which is also up here uh, with KBL has a, a profile picture. But you know, I'm really excited to talk more about just in general, you know, Polkadot NFTs. And um, I think we'll probably allude a little bit to Kusama as well and kind of lay out the landscape of what it looks like now and what it could be. So excited to talk a little bit more. Yeah, amazing. I also go through phases where I use my actual face and then I just use my PFP. Then I print my PFP on a t-shirt so people can still recognize me at events and it works. So I can recommend that strategy, but moving on, uh, the Kusamarian. How about yourself? Um, oh, not the Kusamarian, Kusama Kingdom. Sorry, so much Kusama in the name. Um, Kusama Kingdom. Yeah, yeah thanks. Hey, um, thanks so much for having us. Honor to be on an Astar space. Um, we've been around an NFT project founded on Kusama, gosh maybe like eight, 18 months ago now. So I've, I've seen a lot of stuff come and go and we're still here working hard, trying to deliver value and try and do some creative things going forward. And yeah, it's great to be on this space. A lot of holders in the audience and and speaking. It broke my heart when C-Saint um, doxxed himself as, as great as it was to see him, but when he when he obviously changed the profile picture, but no, it's all good. But yeah, super excited to to get into it. Yeah, and last but absolutely not least, a recent addition to the Polkadot ecosystem, Ricky from Paras. Hey guys, um, brief intro about me. Uh, my name's Ricky. I'm the CEO and founder of Paras. Uh, we're from Nier ecosystem. Um, currently the leading NFT marketplace on Nier, uh, but right now we're venturing to multi-chain. And Asta Network and Polkadot is the first um, integration um, from our side. So really excited. I've been like we've been uh, researching and discussing internally about going multi-chain for the last I don't know eight to twelve months. So you know we we you know at the end of the day, still like Astar and and Polkadot is really the ecosystem that we think might works with our uh, current net. And so really excited to be here and meet all the OGs, all the 
you know, all the new friends from the Asar and Polkadot ecosystem. Yeah, definitely. Very exciting to see marketplaces going multi-chain. And well, for those who don't know, I think it's also worth highlighting that Paris has like, is one of the most feature-rich marketplaces in the near ecosystem, but I think even beyond. Um, so definitely, if you have a chance, you should check it out because we can get excited for what might be coming to us. Um, but yeah, so maybe moving on to that, um, how did you get into the Polkadot ecosystem? It's not often the chain that actually onboards people, at least. Uh, maybe I've just met the wrong people as well. Cisaint, um, how about yourself? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it's kind of funny because honestly, for me, it was NFTs. And, um, you know, I'd say it was probably mid 2021. It was like, you know, peak of the bull market. <laughs> a lot of new people are coming in. And for me, it was like, you know, what are these NFTs? What exactly, you know, is it? What does this even mean? Like, I think for me, it took a little bit to kind of grasp everything. But um, as I was looking around just in general at the different chains, the one that really stood out to me the most was uh, Kusama because they had Remark uh, NFTs. And maybe we can dive into that a little bit later, but it was really interesting to me. And it was like, okay, I think that Remark NFTs could actually translate really well to being used, um, you know, in more than just profile pictures, more than just uh, kind of the social flex, which I think was probably one of the first uh, ways that people use nfts and um, looking at that going through singular really getting involved in the kusama ecosystem and then it's really started to grow into more than that over time and it's really exciting to kind of see a lot of things being developed on Polkadot as we've gone as well and so um, for me getting into Polkadot was really started at nfts and started on kusama which maybe we can talk about that dichotomy a little bit better but before we go deeper into that, I'm sure other people may have some some thoughts about getting into Polkadot. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Um, maybe Rams, how about yourself? I mean, you have an interesting backstory, so. Um, for the Polkadot ecosystem, <laughs> yes, for sure. NFTs in general. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Chainlink and the Marines and the flags I made on Rarible many years ago. But for Polkadot, it really started with Edgeware. I think they they had a as one of the first kind of test nets and, and chains um, deployed they offered governance tools and i was heavily into that and just researching how technology can can change that whole dynamic of voting and governance in general in our real world but then slowly i saw this other ecosystem of nfts growing i've always had an interest in art um and immersed myself in there and Probably can call myself uh, a queen because I'm part of the Kusama kingdom as well. Started purchasing my favorites. I keep it low key. Um, C Saint here um, also uh, got me involved with Neon Crisis and got my first Neon Crisis PFP. And that story can go on and on. But uh, it's just the nature of the Polkadot ecosystem that they're very giving and 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 very um, just open minded and ready to receive anyone with open arms and that's basically the story yes uh we should make a netflix documentary out of that it will be very <laughs> touching <laughs> i mean i don't think most people will like a story about nfts but you never know um we will talk about that shortly um but the kusama kingdom how about yourself how did you get into kusama and polka dot yeah so for, for us well as 
as a project um it made it made the most sense for a number of reasons one me i was already kind of involved um within communities and had an interest and was investing in the ecosystem um so already like loved it from that sense i think the communities within Polkadot and and Kusama are, are some of the best I've ever experienced in my time in in crypto. Um, so you can kind of build off that and leverage that in itself. And then from a from a project point of view, you had to kind of think where can you have the most impact? Where can you add the most value? Where can you have the most fun? Um, and that also was like Polkadot and, and Kusama, specifically Kusama at the time. Like there wasn't any NFTs or anything on Polkadot um and we thought we could have the most impact doing it there like going this was a time when like ethereum was was going crazy solana was going crazy Ten thousand mints this this that is just it was just hard to have a voice in that in that world so and because for us it was about doing a smaller collection more like curated um and just building a community slowly over time and with, with trust and value and delivering so we thought this this was the best place to do it and and like we're so glad we did um and we've still got an amazing community who who supports us and have been there with us through the bear like building away and doing amazing stuff like we've got the royal raffle dap which is launching on a star imminently like things like that that we came up with as a community and are just working together and just really proud of of everyone who's who's been a part of it and and is still a part of it so yeah super happy we we decided to come here and 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 we'll be here for a a long time i hope yeah great to hear that it's also attractive for projects and maybe ricky how about yourself you mentioned you've been thinking about going multi-chain for a while so why substrate why polkadot why aster yeah um so i guess it, i i guess it's it's a lot more technical um from from my side uh from our side because um like i bring a project not just my, not just like um like a personally uh going to the new ecosystem, the Polkadot ecosystem. Um, so um, so well, yeah. Um, in terms of technologically, um, Polkadot is like way um, uh, better than a lot of other chains out there, especially with um, with the multi-chain ecosystems. Um, and so that's like the first. That's that's really the first reason why we you know we're going to Polkadot and Substrate base um blockchains means that we can venture into multi-chain like easily um because we believe like going multi-chains mean you need to support a lot of chains like very fast so means going polkadot allows us to easily deploys and and supports a lot of different um blockchains at once with perhaps like not not a lot of not a lot of um different in terms of like code base or deployment if we want to deploy let's say paras on different chains on polkadot so that's like the um one of the main reason why we we go with the polkadot instead of other um other chains and we just start as the first chains because you know Astar is one of the leading polkadot para chains and it has a you know it has a big community in japan which uh you know which you know in which paras wanted to expand to um especially 
East Asia. Um, so for us right now, we are big in Southeast Asia. We have you know we have a lot of uh, a lot of artists, a lot of collectors, a lot of a lot of users in Southeast Asia, and we are going to expand to South. Oh no, we're going to expand to East Asia. So that's also part of the plan since like couple months ago. And in all things, just checks when we you know when we go to Polkarot and also the Asta networks. Um, but you know like personally, why I love Polkarot is that um. It is um, it's very, in terms of like community, it is very um, it's very welcoming. It is also very technical. A lot of innovation in the space, um, like you know, like in terms of developer um, activities, Polkadot always like coming on the top of the um, the statistics compared to all other blockchains. I Means that there are a lot of innovations. Like remark NFTs, um, you know all the other crazy things and innovative things that all the, you know, all the peoples, all the communities have built. We can leverage it like, like easily, and that's you know also one also you know also one of the reason why like like personally, uh, we love going to Polkadot because we're all like nerd tech geek, and so with all that, I believe this is the right choice for us to go to. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, yeah, the nerd tech part, I definitely feel that as well, uh, but maybe more from an end user perspective sometimes, um, which I think might be something to overcome eventually. And there's already a lot of better wallets anyway, um, even though I think people still haven't come gotten over Polkadot.js at times because they will always bring it up. But uh, maybe moving on to NFTs more broadly, um, why do you think that generally it still seems that NFTs have a bit of a bad reputation outside of obviously our Web3 bubble where we think they are um, the solution to a lot of problems? Anybody wants to take that? Yeah. Yeah, I could start. Um, I think personally, you know, when people first hear about NFTs, like, you know, you see Basie, um, you know, Mutant Apes and crypto punks and they're going for hundreds of thousands of dollars and um, people I think if you just look at it on the surface just have a hard time of kind of you know reckoning in their minds like oh why is this picture of a monkey worth a hundred thousand dollars right like that's kind of a wild idea if you don't dive deeper into it and <clears throat> I think if you look a little bit deeper you can see like there's a lot of really interesting use cases for nfts beyond just a profile picture. Um, but I think that's probably one of the biggest problems uh, with getting more people involved is, is that aspect. And, you know, I think I was thinking about this earlier that, you know, you have an NFT marketplace like Blur that uh, came out recently and their focus was basically like trading, right? And so um, instead of kind of diving into different use cases or how nfts may be used to you know improve the world around us it's like all right we're just trying to make money and so i think that of course you know with any type of value valuable thing i think it has a right to be traded and you know people have a right to do with what they want with their property but um i think that may be one of the bigger things is just the kind of disconnect from someone who may just initially look at it and think you know why is this so much money? It's only for speculative purposes and so on and so forth. Yeah, I'd jump in on that, completely agree with what you said. And we we do have to remember like the, the kind of stage we are at with NFTs, like it's so early. We're in this amazing, innovative, speculative, 
crazy phase that any industry goes through and it's experiment is experimentation but the and i think a lot of people don't take a second because of all the hype and the like the crazy headlines to take a step back and think what nfts could actually do and if you think of maybe cryptocurrencies as being able to try and disrupt the financial markets and the financial system nfts have the potential to disrupt everything else like whether that's property loyalty points ownership legal documents all sorts that you can see these having a real valuable use case and that won't come through the speculation or trading that will be one part of it of course like collectibles like that's always going to be there but the actual technology of nfts i think and maybe it, it will have to be rebranded from nfts to abstract that away but this technology will revolutionize so many industries within the next five to ten years and a lot of people may not even know about it when that happens so it's an exciting space to be in and be innovating in, um, knowing that that's coming. I think. Yeah, well, totally agree with, with you know with all the other speakers he's seen and also Summer Kingdom. Um, just want to add something that um, you know, like from our perspective as you know as a marketplace, um, you know, what we've seen is that there are a lot of like mainstream media's that um that put up. A lot of news regarding NFTs as a way to get rich quick. Um, NFTs as a as a fun way, not as a fun way to you know to um uh, to get a lot of money. Like for example, um here in Indonesia, like you know one of the top um selling NFTs back then, you know when the bull market happened, uh was a selfies from you know from like a a college student. It in it, it got like it the volumes goes up to maybe hundred fifty to hundred k or something, and you know and with that the you know, all the mainstream media is here just you know just like uh just making news out of it and it's fun for a lot of people because you know like why do people buy selfies so that's really put up a lot of um negative sentiment regarding NFTs to a lot of people to the mainstream audiences. So um what we need to do is to make sure that we can onboard new projects I I think of new projects that really give a lot more innovative um, use cases for NFTs and with that you know truly agree with some kingdom that in the next 5 to 10 years all the industries will be disrupted by the NFTs not just digital space but also the physical space so I think that's also why we have a lot of digital NFTs um, growing in the past couple months from top brands, uh, top IPs all around the world. So um, you know, it's it's really an interesting and also experimental space, the NFTs, and that what makes it uh cool. We are so early, and there are a lot of opportunities here for all of us. Yeah, for sure. And maybe one aspect that people haven't brought up yet, but what I think, I mean, generally also tends to taint the reputation of crypto is always this narrative that it's burning the ocean. Um, I don't know if you guys have encountered that yet, but it seems to be that people just um, assume that all NFTs are the same, right? And they're obviously not, but trying to explain that to somebody who has already made up their mind is obviously not so easy um but maybe moving on to more exciting things so what kind of nft projects are most exciting to you um 
And what kind of projects or artists do you tend to support? And what do you think has maybe the biggest future? Well, Kusama Kingdom, of course. <laughs> no, I, I love Kusama. So why did you change? Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, of course. Um, I think one thing maybe to touch on there um, for sure is like the community aspect, right? Like one really cool thing about NFTs is that it's like a really social, um, I guess, piece of technology, um, you could say. And it does a good job of really like gathering people in a like one place, um, kind of giving them this feeling of like belonging in some ways. And like some of the best um, NFT projects within Polkadot and Kusama do a really good job of that. And Kusama Kingdom is definitely one of those. I'll I'll <laughs> KB, I'll talk more about that. But like a star Dejans is another one. I remember early early on on a star that for a second, but. Um, very on, very early on, the Star Dijans was like 100% community and grassroots um, focused. And I still remember like, you know, the first messages in the Discord were just super disorganized. And over time, like people got to know each other a little bit better. And um, some people, you know, stay involved. Some people come on, come back every now and then. Um, I'm one of those people. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I think community is a really uh, important thing to highlight there. And, and so some projects are really great at that. And For me also, gaming is a really great use case. And um, that's what I think lately I've been focused a little bit more on in terms of the NFT part of things. And so when I think of that, I think of Everloot is a really, really great um, example of that. Uh, they use the Remark NFT standard. And what Remark is without going into like a, you know, super deep technical explanation, it's basically like a multimedia NFT that lets you um, own other NFTs, lets these NFTs kind of look different based on where they're deployed and could be the same NFT in that sense. Um, so like you think about, oh, it's a sword in uh, this game, but it's a, maybe a, a pistol in a different game, so on and so forth, but it's all the same NFT. Um, and there's a lot of other great features that are related to Remark, but it's really good for gaming because if you imagine having like, a, you know, a character in a game that you want to progress over time, you can own other NFTs, put them in your backpack, uh, equip them at certain times, uh, depending on the situation in the game, and, you know, even sell them for profit um, and kind of go down that rabbit hole of uh, the gaming aspects of things. And so I think that's a really uh, interesting use case for NFTs. And um, one other thing before I pass it over would be uh, Play Mythical, which is coming to Polkadot very soon. Um, KBL, you mentioned something earlier about like abstracting away the NFTs altogether. And I think they do a really interesting um, job of doing this because I've been playing the mobile app. It's just like a, a American football based game. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. But as you progress through the game, you have a chance of winning some NFTs or you can even purchase some NFTs um, like by opening up a pack and getting a random one. So you get a really rare one by chance. You can sell that actually on the marketplace. And it's not something that is immediately available to you to, you know, hey, you have an NFT, you can make money off of it. It's more like I can, you know, play the game, win these rewards. And then if I'm interested, I can go onto this marketplace and sell it uh, kind of on the back end. And so I think that's kind of the uh, one of the next places NFTs will be going to is abstracting it away and finding out places where it makes sense to kind of bring up that NFT use case to users. Yeah, and actually what you just outlined with the ability to use your NFTs in a 
variety of games and have it be different things also addresses one of the biggest criticisms a lot of people have with the idea of ownership of NFTs in games. And when it's just tied to one project, obviously, once the project is gone, your NFT might be, okay, you can store it as a memory, but it might be pretty much useless. But if you have various games, you can use it in them. That problem immediately is resolved. So that's pretty exciting as well. Um, Kusama Kingdom, how about yourself? I mean, obviously, you are very excited about Kusama Kingdom. I mean, who wouldn't be? But anything else you're looking out for? Maybe also individual artists you've seen or, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of exciting stuff um, go, going on. I'm a massive Ruben Topia fanboy, and he does some, some stuff now and again. Um, he recently did our one of our other entities' websites, Lucky Friday, which which looks awesome. But the the gaming stuff is obviously like it's the, the, seems to me that like the most obvious use case ever, and like what C Saint was saying about these projects starting to abstract it away is so smart. And I we saw like what Reddit did with their digital collectibles, where they managed to do all those well NFTs, but they were digital collectibles. People were getting wallets without realizing it. That sort of stuff is how you're going to onboard these people. And even in the mobile gaming space, um, I'll have to try what you mentioned, C-Saint. But for me, like my mum will play Candy Crush and buy like power-ups for like $6.99 a week or whatever, or buy these things. If you just told her that if she just played and earned them, she could then actually sell those. It's That's all it is. It's just creating a marketplace where people can sell as well as buy these things on their mobile games. I think it's a huge use case. And I know there's a lot of projects working working on that at the moment um and the other thing that excites me the most is is like loyalty schemes and loyalty points i know starbucks have obviously like rolled their one out in in the us i think that's such a great way for brands to be able to tap into the tech also by adding value to their consumers and if you're a brand it kind of just falls into a marketing spend right that you can then give back to Give back to people through through the through the technology. So I think we're going to start to see a lot of innovation in that space, which will be really cool. And, and I'm sure it will get gamified and all this other stuff, um, and people being able to trade or sell different loyalty rewards and stuff like that. Um, I think will open up a really cool market. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm just loyal to bookstores, so let's see when they will start to implement NFTs. Um, Ricky, how about yourself? What is uh, the projects you're looking out for at the moment, or the artist, or? infrastructure maybe even yeah um type of nft projects um like personally i'm like as a big sneaker fans um i you know like i'm really looking for for all things digitals um so that's like what excites me the most with all the nft projects um especially from you know, like um top brands like nike and adidas all of them are, are like going um with nfts and all that digital so like personally, digital is my favorite um type of NFTs right now, but you know, like I, you know, I I think we need to uh, we need to we need to take a look at NFTs as you know in a different way, just like what some uh kingdom mentioned earlier, that you know, like we need to onboard the mainstream audiences and we need to do it, you know, like different way, not you know not not you know not not just like selling nft collections get money do you know do, do couple things in life and everything that's good but you know it might not work to onboard like mainstream audiences like a lot of people um like millions of people it might not work um so um well i guess um like from my um uh, from myself for examples um 
you know that deviant art one of the top um website for artists like um back then they you know they they know they they announced that they they announced that they were not supporting nfts and everything because you know like there are a lot of backlash with you know with the nft artists uh with digital artists and everything but right now they have these things called adoptables which you know which which you know which means that you can buy somebody's art and you own it but you can resell it so you you know you technically adopt the art but you know you can think of it as as an as you know like as an nft like because you own something digital and you can prove it to everyone um just like what reddit did with all their users they call it digital collectibles different art do it you know different art um use the word adoptables for that kind of um like nft like uh asset type so um so you know um like for example um artists um there are a lot of smaller artists that you know that has really great art and they can use nfts not you know not just a way to make some money but they can actually use it as a portfolio so um you know we can we can you know we need to see nft as a way to um to also store your art and your creation not just a way to sell your art so that's one way to think about it so that you know for paras there are a lot of you know there are a lot of things that we you know that we are currently building and developing um one of them is also parts comic um it is new way and new use cases for comic means that you can buy nfts and get to read the comic and not only that you can also join the communities um talk with all the you know all the fans talk with the authors do qnas and everything um you know all the great stuff that you can enjoy you know by buying the nfts and get into the like the comic communities um so yeah i think um there are a lot of exciting things that can be done a uh, loyalty program is one of them and for us you know like onboarding mainstream audiences through multiple verticals is our um is our focus right now and that's also part of our um uh, vision to expand the income of nfts means that we want to go to all the verticals out there and try to onboard as many people as possible to the nfts to the polkara to the um asta network yeah that makes a lot of sense and definitely looking forward to seeing what you will build and yeah i mean the comic angle especially is also of course big in japan so let's see how we can tap into that and rams since you are also pretty excited about nfts because you started this entire nft month thing how about yourself <laughs> um there's this project called teddy dow i don't know if the audience has heard about it but it goes beyond just making money for the holder or the purchaser it's 100% proceeds go to charity and being on the blockchain um just opens up you know a lot of ways to confirm and verify all this activity and charitable organizations and maybe i don't know if they have the best track history even within the last five years a lot of you know um initiatives have been started for many events that unfortunately has happened around the world and it's not always clear where the funds go to so teddy dow could um, serve as a good example of how you know we change the the paradigm of what how, how nfts are seen um 
and it's no, it's great. So I'm looking for NFTs really and excited for NFTs that bring us different sort of value um, and beyond the, the financial aspect of it. Um, and so all that being on chain too can, can lead to a lot of many things like Ricky was saying, the loyalty program or, you know, even the reputation um, that you develop because of the NFTs or the donations you make or how charitable you are or et cetera, the impact of those donations or those purchases um, and how many people are affected. Um, and all this on on chain, I mean, it, it just leads to so many possibilities. So I'll keep it short and sweet. But those those are the types of um, projects that I look forward to seeing being developed further out. Yeah, and uh, maybe from my side, what I think is really interesting to see is recently the move to having open editions by artists as a move to monetize their art better. And some of them have really gamified the experience where they say, okay, you mint this open edition and then maybe... Um, Later, you can burn it to receive like, so there was this, um, the guy who created the Nyan cat, the cat with the rainbow flying through space. And he did an NFT and it was just a balloon cat. So then you could mint the first balloon and then throughout the week, he would drop new colors. So you could either burn your first NFT for the different color, or you could wait until the last day and see what happens. So there was some really interesting psychological things happening with what colors people prefer and when they would burn and all these things. And it's it's just a fun experience as well. And it's a lot less about the financial. So I kind of looking forward to seeing more artists actually experiment and getting their money for their art's worth because with uh, royalties being kind of a highly discussed topic these days, it's not always a given. Um, I'm not sure how it's actually handled by most Polkadot projects. Maybe somebody can enlighten me a bit. Um, yeah, how does the royalties work here? And is there a similar discussion happening? Yeah, I, I can touch on that a little bit. Um, maybe uh, Kusama Kingdom might have some insight there since you know he deals with the NFTs more frequently. Um, but I do think that uh, royalties is huge, right? Especially with something like, you know, art and music, which we've seen a, a lot of music um, NFT-based projects come to Polkadot as well recently. You got like Beatport, um, you have Public Pressure, which um, onboards multiple, multiple artists to uh, mint their music as NFTs. And I think royalties do a really good job of allowing those subsequent cells to be tied back to the initial creator without there being like, you know, that middleman that takes a cut of um, the royalties, whether it be Spotify or some other pub publishing platform. But um, kind of getting into it a little bit, I know that um, Remark NFTs uh, kind of are able to do royalties for also the NFTs that are equipped to the initial NFT. So, you know, it's an infinite kind of tree of, say, you have your NFT and then you have multiple other NFTs that are um, in that backpack of that first NFT. Um, all the royalties for each individual item um, can be tied back to the uh, primary creator. So like you were mentioning uh, earlier, Naomi, if uh, a different artist creates an NFT that can be equipable to a different collections NFT, those royalties that are maybe in that other NFT right now could be tied back to back to that initial artist, um, which is really, really interesting idea um, to kind of help track these royalties through time. And as these collections and interactions between collections start to grow, um, there's also a project called uh, Inbarch that has talked or thought a lot about um, like licensing and IP rights 
and how to track uh, royalties across uh, not only just different collections, but like, you know, different pair chains, different blockchains completely. And they have a really interesting model to do that um, where they use Polkadot specific tech to basically cross-reference these um, this IP throughout the entire Polkadot ecosystem. And, you know, they're still building out a lot of those features, but uh, it's a really interesting idea to be able to kind of track royalties and really just empower creators and artists and, um, you know, developers to be able to get value out of the work they put out there. Yeah, because I'm a kingdom. Anything from your side to add? Yeah, I think royalties is obviously a big topic. And I think the, like, for us, we, you, like, you can just go on the singular marketplace and you set it for the collection. Um, obviously, that sometimes results in people just OTCing given the size of the market and people trusting each other. So you can get around royalties. I think that the move to zero royalties can be a shame. Like some projects, like Goblin Town, for example, that was unbelievable. Like, obviously, it's tanked now, but that was an amazing like thing that happened, came out of nowhere, and it was just wild. It was free. And they they made money off the royalties, so stuff like that just wouldn't happen because there's no incentive for people to do it. So I think it does stifle maybe some innovation. And then in, on the other side, if like people buy these NFTs and then they have a huge expectation a lot of the time and a lot of a pressure on the team and the the way that the NFT system kind of works right is most of them is all one mint day. And we did it differently. We did it auctions over time, but most of them is this one mint day. So the team works for ages. They like plan it all. They come down to this one like hit, um, this one injection almost of cash, and they mint it. And then it's like, right now we've got to budget this and 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 survive and deliver what we wanted, which which can be hard and it can be very disincentivizing for teams because naturally then the financial incentives go, which obviously does drive a lot of human emotion and 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 planning and stuff. So without royalties, then that can, teams can run out of money and then they can't really deliver sometimes. Um, and that obviously comes down to like budgeting and doing the mint correctly and all these sort of things. But royalties do allow teams to extend their runways and, and things like that and keep up payments. So if if there is a move to zero royalties and then people are getting annoyed at collections or founders because there's no money left and they can't stop innovating, then it's kind of a catch-22. So I don't. I think it's. It should vary project to project, and it should just be laid out very clearly. Front. I'm a big believer in that. It just needs to be laid out very clearly when when you're minting and you're selling these things. Just explaining the economics behind it, the mechanics, and how you're planning to do it, and make the project survive long term. And if you don't need royalties, and you've you've got like, okay, well, we're going to mint all this money, and then we're going to put it in here, and that's going to give a return, and then that will sustain us, and that's fine. You don't really need royalties, but if your collection relies on that and for it to sustain and for you to continue delivering and giving back to your community, then maybe you do need royalties and just explain that upfront to, to people. So I think it's very case by case basis, but I'd be very sad to not see something like Goblin Town again um, with a free mint and royalties. And I think a lot of people are happy to get a free mint and pay royalties. So yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting topic and I'm not sure we know the answer just yet. Yeah, and for the art, obviously, Goblin Town really hit it out of the park there. Um, but maybe, Ricky, from your perspective, since you're a marketplace that tend to enforce these royalties. Um, well, I guess um, the recent move regarding the 
is the royalties it's all about competition um especially in you know in a in a bigger nft chain like Ethereum and solana um yeah uh there are a lot of you know there are a lot of um like ways that you know like projects um, also marketplace have done to enforce the royalties like for example um uh, my pfp uh lily nfts they you know they, um they all they only rewards the collectors that bought the nfts with full royalties paid so you know if you know so so for example uh, in solana you have the option to just pay for example 50% 20% or 0% royalties um because that's what happened you know with all the marketplaces with all the competitions there and so you know if you only pay if you if you're if you're not paying 100% royalties then it means you will not eligible for any airdrops any features anything from the um you know from the builder from the creators of the project so that's you know one good way from the uh project perspective to do if for example your blockchain your um the marketplaces there doesn't have any standard to enforce like 100% royalties to be distributed to be disbursed to the creators and you know as a marketplace uh, myself um in paras we 100% always enforce the royalties even though from the standard it you know like the standard it's not really 100% enforced from the standard perspective um uh, we can bypass it but you know it's just you know it's just the way you know it's just from 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 my perspective um it's just the way to do it it's it's, it's the right way to do it to enforce the royalties in the marketplace um like like i don't really care if for example if there are a lot of marketplaces out there that supports optional royalties but for for us we always support and will enforce royalties 100% um and soon we are going to have our launch pads um it's going to be on astar for us and soon support all the other chains and you know because we are going to have our own launch pad and the smart contracts will be on our side we are going to 100% um create a standard that will enforce royalties on the wasm based ink ecosystem so hopefully that could help us with all these things for example if the polkadot the the polkadot evm or like wasm based ecosystem is nft is like taking off we already have this standard for enforcing 100% royalties for all the smart contracts um like nft smart contracts on polkadot so that's you know that's this how i see it and i think that's the right way to do it yeah i think that's like the perfect bridge to what i was going to ask about next um because you were mentioning that if polkadot nfts uh, were some nfts were to take off um, why do you think that hasn't happened yet and what would you say are good reasons for people to actually consider this ecosystem for nfts um yeah i think just yeah following up from my um from my last answers um so why it doesn't taking off i think um like like wasm just i don't like wasm wasm like wasm ecosystem just launched maybe a couple weeks ago so um that's one reason why it has it hasn't been taking off um it's just you know a couple of weeks just a couple, couple of weeks old um but you know in the future um you know i see um like wasm 
as a native um, language for Polkadot and the substrate-based blockchain. Um, it means that you know it allows people to uh, to use a single code, a single standard, and deploy it to a lot of different chains, just like what Ethereum EVM did with all the other layer one, layer two out there. It means the adoptions will be very, very easy. So, um, you know, once the Wasm, the ink-based ecosystem has a lot of examples, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of projects, then, you know, people can just come read the code, um, deploy it somewhere else, fork it, change it a little bit, update it, innovate with everything that already built on, you know, on the Wasm-based ecosystem. It, you know, it takes times, maybe a couple months or even years, but, you know, we'll get there. We already have, you know, we'll, we already experience it with EVM-based chains where, you know, like you can easily grow a single ecosystem if you use EVM because there are a lot of stuff that already built on Ethereum. And that's what will happen with the Wasm-based um, substrate uh, blockchain ecosystem. So that's gonna help us with mass adoptions. There will be a lot of creators, a lot of builders, a lot of entrepreneurs that build things on Polkadot. Um, and so, um, yeah, the way, that's the way I see it. Uh, we need to make sure that we can, you know, make the better of entry of people to create NFTs as low as possible, either through, you know, through easiness of deploying, through the cheap transactions, through the fast confirmation times, everything that we, everything that you know, that make sure that all the user experience is seamless, uh, is as seamless as possible. Yeah, 100% agree. And I think it's funny because you come from near where the focus is super heavy on UX. So I'm sure you can bring some of those best practices over and install them like meta transactions so that people can mint gas list, for example, or test accounts where you can give people like a test experience before they go through the actual transaction that involves money. Um, but yeah, Susan, you were unmuting yourself, so sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, no problem. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a developer by any means. Uh, I like to, uh, speak sometimes like I know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> go ahead and stop me if I don't. Um, but, uh, I think I'd like to comment a little bit at least on the like adoption idea, because I think it's something that we, we talk about a lot, right. In Polkadot and. Um, I think on the NFT aspect, a lot of really interesting things have come up recently too. Um, you know, the, what, uh, Ricky was talking about, uh, about like the infrastructure kind of being built up and, um, prepared for a lot of unique things that can't really be done, um, as seamless on other blockchain ecosystems, at least from, um, you know, the decentralized point of view, you could say, but XEMV3, which is like Polkadot's communication protocol between pair chains, uh, like recently is going uh, going to be live on Kusama. And it also facilitates like transferring of NFTs between pair chains. And that's a really interesting idea to be able to kind of help with that. Um, NFTs being able to go wherever you go, right, in the Polkadot ecosystem. And a lot of interesting cross like pair chain and ecosystem collaborations could uh, erupt from that. And especially for marketplaces, I think it'd be really interesting to be able to kind of 
you know, tap into multiple different uh, parachains and Polkadot in one one place. Like that's a huge UX unlock too, I think, um, if that is something that could be possible. It seems like it could, but, you know, um, I think just the infrastructure continues to build up. And as we start to see these things come together, it'll be really cool to see what kind of UX unlocks can can happen for people. Yeah, for sure. Because um, I'm a kingdom. Any thoughts from your side or maybe any things you would like uh, builders who are looking at chains and pondering if they should go to Polkadot should know. Yeah, I think um, like as, as we've touched on, like the users is the, is the biggest thing and trying to get those in. And obviously to get users in, you need a reason to attract them. The, the one great thing about when we, when we did it as well is the, the platforms make it so easy to launch an NFT, which is, good and bad in the same sense right if i can just go on click mint and just create a collection and just upload some pictures um and then start selling them then when in the bull market that was great and everyone's trading them but then when it when it stops and everyone's then questioning the the founders and like what's going on it suddenly doesn't look that great because then new people coming in now and looking at the marketplace there's just a load of like dead half minted collections and it's very hard for new people to come in and understand like where the actual value is. Um, and that I think maybe hindered Polkadot to a sense because it was much harder to launch like projects and contracts and stuff in other ecosystems. Um, so I think a real focus on getting really, really good projects with really good use cases and, and value adds in, into the ecosystem is, will, will really help that. Um, and that comes down to the platforms and it's great like that Ricky and, and his team are coming into the ecosystem will be able to provide that provide those sort of marketplaces um that we can then leverage as projects to to deliver great nfts to to communities yeah so rams how about yourself anything you'd like to add to that because you're also involved in the nft scene yeah i think what's the same mentioned before xcm V3, now live on Shiden, by the way, um, will allow for this this tech to really put forth NFTs and what they mean and what they can do. I'm excited for that um, very much, especially with some of the DEX aggregators that are working right now as we speak, um, trying to create the tools where they can integrate to NFT marketplaces so you could pay in any coin. Um, that's exciting as well. So all this because you know Polkadot can allows for it um, all securely. So for builders out there listening, uh, this is a great place, a playground to experiment with working technology and examples. Um, and you have the well, yes, the user the user base is, is small. I think the the markets right now kind of dictate when that influx might come back or if not or if ever. <laughs> but um, the users that are here are are interested in this and they want to see it and they want to contribute. They want to provide feedback. Um, they want to see innovative things. So we have curious people here. And so that's what's, that's why it's a great choice for someone looking to build with NFTs, not just art, but in the many ways. Yeah, maybe more broadly, but uh, so recently Cosmos has also added some kind of shared security model and everybody was very hyped about that. So with that in mind, because that is often like 
proposed as one of the biggest differentiators. How would you like to see the Polkadot ecosystem position itself? Or what do you think should be like the one thing that people associate with it when they hear Polkadot? I mean, not the artist, uh, Yayoi Kusama, even though she's great. But yeah, any suggestions? See Saint. Oh no, you're gonna get me started. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, the Cosmos shared security deal is. I think that you know I, we get lost sometimes in the details of like a lot of these uh, really kind of granular things. I think to to people that just want to you know have fun and enjoy uh, like NFTs or blockchain or DeFi or just a community, right? But you know, there are important differences in a lot of these, um, uh, you know, aspects that make one blockchain ecosystem maybe a little bit more appealing than another. And, you know, I, I think that shared security is a is a huge thing. Um, and there's a lot of other technical things that I think Pol- Polkadot does really well at. But what I'm really excited about is these applications and these NFT pro- projects, marketplaces, all of these kind of user facing things that will showcase all this tech that we like to talk about in an understandable way and so like you know with uh, what rams has brought up about xemv3 it's like okay um we can talk about that all day but what project can tap into that and really show like wow okay i have this nft that lives on a star but um you know there's this artist that made this equipable on moonbeam and i can use it in this game on um, you know, I don't know, Fala, for example, like there's a lot of interesting things that I think can be built out and that uh, are really high potential for Polkadot that just aren't really able to be safely and securely uh, done in other ecosystems. And so, um, you know, I think art and gaming is a big thing, but also just unlocking things like real world assets, like Centrifuge does that, um, like voting NFTs. Um, we had a, a project on Kusama that did that as well. But in the end, I think it's just those user-facing things that really showcase the tech is what's kind of on the horizon. And it's really exciting to see like a lot of these teams starting to tap into those Polkadot-like specific features. Yeah. Anybody has anything to add to that? Yeah. I'm, I'm, yes. we're, we're not a very technical technical project in terms of the tech. Like Our, our value lies in the, um, the, the VC and the funds and the investment side of things. But I think there are some pretty exciting things that are coming to Polkadot in the NFT space and maybe some alpha, I'm not allowed to share what, but there's some very cool technology from some projects that are, that are coming over. I think it will be announced in June. Um, and I, for me, I think this will, will blow it up and there's going to be some amazing things, very good use cases of gaming, loyalty points and all this sort of stuff. So watch out um, for that, follow us and we'll be, we'll be hopefully supporting and, and helping with that. So yeah, I think it's going to get pretty interesting. Oh, that sounds exciting. Also sounds like not financial advice, uh, just in case if we would. Yeah, not financial advice. Liable. No, we're not, we're not even <laughs> going to use the tech. We're just, we're just like helping, like just working with the, uh, yeah, I'll stop talking. <laughs> okay, that's all right. Um, but speaking of uh, which, uh, the unique things that you can do on Polkadot, uh, maybe have you all had a chance to check out the refundable NFT standard that Paris built? Maybe Ricky, you can say a few words on why you created that, and um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, really exciting, uh, really exciting. Um, the you know we're currently still working with you know working on the the startup. Uh, we haven't really 
push a lot of things in public regarding the um, refundable NFT standard that we are uh, going to focus on. But basically, um, why we build it, why we are going to focus on refundable NFT uh, NFT launchpad is that um, uh, we are going to focus on Web 2, Web 3 adoptions. Um, and, you know, just like what we um, discussed earlier regarding the bad sentiment, bad reputation all around NFTs for mainstream audiences, um, we need to make sure that they want to purchase their first NFT. And if they like it, you know, they'll, they'll keep it, they hold it, they become part of the community. And, you know, perhaps some of them, they try it out, they don't like it, not really my type, or any, or, 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 or just the NFT project is not really um good uh for uh for here for here uh you know for for the you know for the uh potential uh, uh collectors then they can refund it easily so our policy is that it is 90 days and up to 95 percent um of refunds why it's not 100 percent um because if it is 100 percent then it means that people can just buy everything and they just refund everything so that project basically dead <laughs> so um so yeah, 90 days for up to 95% um, of refund policy. That's gonna be um, our standard uh, for you know for the NFT projects that got, that are going to launch with us. So um, we're hoping to onboard uh, mainstream audiences. We're hoping to get them interact, you know, with their first blockchain transaction, their first mint, their first NFTs on Polkadot and on Astar. That's our you know. Uh, that's our, uh, you know, that that's what we imagine, and and with all that, um, you know, we hope that it might work. Uh, like people wanted to try that first, instead of you know, instead of just hearing, uh, reading all the news, all the bad sentiments, you know, try that first, and like, you know, um, mo- like most of the time, people will love it because it is like a new and exciting technology, and like a lot of you know a lot of nice people here in the space so hopefully people can really enjoy it and you know become part of the community as a whole yeah speaking of community fans you also mentioned some uh, paris nfts how was the experience smooth so the paris nfts that they have right now the the two um free ones it's just smooth. And I think it's the UX too, if anyone wants to jump into the the Paris uh, NFT marketplace, you'll see that uh, they really know what they're doing. So Ricky, props for, for the job well done and excited that you continue to build out, especially on Substrate and bringing forth, you know, uh, WebAssembly. I think the past experience on AssemblyScript over at Near is really showing as well. So pro- providing these examples, um, to the whole ecosystem is, is super valuable. And so, so hopefully anybody listening, go check them out, get your free NFT. You need a little bit of gas tokens for, for Astar. Hit me up if you need them. Um, don't come all running now, though. If not, just go to KBL. He's loaded. <laughs> Ramp is just trying to get more DMs, that's all. Um... But yeah, we are coming, well, we're actually already over the hour, so I think we're going to start wrapping it up. But just for the audience, if anybody here has questions or want to comment anything, now is your chance. If not, you can just uh, be silent forever. 
or you can put it below any of our tweets or in our Discord, and then we will come back to you. And yeah, maybe any parting words, any things you want to add to this space. Let's just make the round. See, Saint. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again, guys, for um, having me and uh, Mia up, the Kusmarn as well, and you know, all the guests. It's been a really great conversation about NFTs. And, you know, I think that um, it's easy, I think, for people to maybe um, overlook Polkadot on first glance, um, you know, especially like even just the idea of just looking at NFTs for the first time, right? Like people may overlook that as well. Um, but if you start to dive in a little bit, you really can see like an incredible community of people that are really welcoming, you know, despite the ship hosting on Twitter. Um, but, uh, you know, we really enjoy, um, you know, meeting each other, talking with each other on all the socials and um, getting to know what everyone's working on and trying to help each other out. Like it's a, I've always found it really interesting that like the protocol itself is like based on the idea of interoperability and that kind of shines through like all all of the attitudes of the people that are involved too. So, um, so yeah, that's probably what I would leave off with. And, um, you know, thank you again, again, for having me up and, um, yeah, we'll be dropping some content on the Kusmar and so follow us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We will follow and subscribe as they like to say, um, Kusama Kingdom. Yeah. Again, thanks. Thanks so much for having us. Honestly, it's an honor to be on a, on a space with a star we want to lean into that ecosystem a lot more with um the raw raffle dap and that's what it's all about in the in the polka dot and kusama ecosystem is everyone just working together and trying to build value and the sum of other parts is greater than the whatever that phrase is um but yeah so honestly thank you so much and thanks to everyone for listening um we're going to be around for a long time so looking forward to building something special with everyone Yes, for sure. Thank you so much for being here. And Ricky. Um, yeah, thanks everyone that tuned in and thanks for Astar uh, for organizing the space and inviting me, um, the newcomer, um, into this uh, space. And so I guess, um, yeah, for everyone here that wanted to launch their NFT projects, uh, Feel free to contact me directly to DM me or DM anyone from Paras team. Um, you can also go to Paras.id or like um, launchpad.paras.id and apply there. Fill in the form, apply this, and we'll contact you um, directly to discuss everything about your projects. We can, you know, we can discuss everything from brainstorm, ideations, use cases, and everything. We're very happy to ha- we're very happy to to help you and navigate um, you uh, in your journey to create your project um, to start your NFT projects. Um, and I guess lastly, um, do not afraid um, for anyone here that wanted to launch NFT projects here in bear market. Um, you know, if your project's innovative, if your project is you know has unique use cases, innovative, um, and it is something new um you can do it we can do it together uh with all the communities here we're strong we're big um and so with that i hope that you know like um like the bad sentiments regarding the bear market is you know it's just uh it's it's over um try to create something cool and hopefully we can onboard mainstream audiences uh the next million people to us start to polkarot and you know we cannot do it alone Let's do it together. 
Yeah, I think we should onboard the humans and the uh, bots because then we will easily cross the population of the world. And also, I remembered I still have to quickly shell our ongoing AI art contest. So check the pin tweet. At the moment, we are hosting an AI art contest. So if you ever wanted to dabble with AI tools, I can tell you it's very addictive. And this is a fun opportunity to just try it out and submit something, have it minted as an NFT, and then we might even buy it and you might win a prize. So it's a pretty cool opportunity for anybody who likes to be creative and learn about AI. Um, yeah, and with that being said, uh, Fraps, did you have anything you'd like to add? No, just thank you to the guests, all the builders out there for creating these wonderful projects and for having um, something to talk about and us promoting that as well. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks, everyone. And we see you for the next space, which is going to happen next week. So stay tuned. See ya. See you guys. Thank you again. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the NFT month, Twitter space number two, exploring the Polkadot NFT ecosystem. Hosted by Astar. Recorded on Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now. There's this principle in like Taoism. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen. There's this principle in like Taoism, where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, inevitably it kind of starts to happen. Tripping on the bird app, listening to nerds flap, wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed. It's like everybody's holding heavy bags in Web3, that's why they can't fly, they just drowning in the bird bath, fishing for some dry powder. Watch how we ignite the tower, blowing up the bank accounts, forgetting how to fight the power. Y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes. They preaching open sauce, but don't listen to the code, and now it's mutiny community uprise there's no more humility futility plus size motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal which side the line you bleeding out on when the dust settles motherfucking west side shit needle and noose sticking with my armory and beta and bruce repping psychedelic artistry believing the truth like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue gm fam really worth all the effort is it really worth all the fighting they started using Zoom, now we finna zoom out Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about Little baby bitches when they choose to have fits All you're left with is kibble when you lose all them bits And that kibble's just sawdust, the shit is all rust Not a great look, you're what we call all nuts And I for one did not see that coming Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money Meanwhile over here rewiring features More critical thinking, less knee jerk More evolution, less shitcoin preachers Pretending to be teachers, y'all just predatory leeches I mean please, just look at the track record A bunch of VC rat fucks Sucking up the cheddar, the recipe is two steps Rinse and repeat, now we all in your butts And we bring in receipts GM fam, have a seat. If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you, you would be like, don't have, don't, don't have to take a side on it. Just say like, is it really, is it really worth this war of attrition?
it might cost us a lot more than what can be gained by like fighting this to the better end. And sometimes it's better to just like move on. Ten spaces.